alphamedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino 9, Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, the face of Switch, Testonomics. I never thought I could get so many big hot sandwiches out of one box of Steakums. <laughs> and our producer, <laughs> the Steakums guy. <laughs> I am so full of Steakums frozen sandwich steaks that my chance of defecating myself on this podcast is at a new high. There's been many shows that I've almost soiled my pants here today. Sky high probability. Let's let's see what happens. And Find out this week on GameZilla. Our producer, the Dead Eye Knight, right there. I'm a Steakums guy. <laughs> Welcome to episode 248 of the GameZilla podcast, brought to you by... Our supporters, stake up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our supporters <laughs> on Patreon, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. That's where you can go to support this podcast as well as the other great shows here at GameZilla Media. Uh, for just, uh, you know, $5, you can get early access to the GameZilla podcast, voting on news topics for the show, and exclusive GameZilla Media podcasts. And, you know, it starts at a dollar of support, but $5. That's the primo tier we need you in. Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. And coming soon to a VFW hall near you, if you're in Metro Detroit, we have the Winter 2019 Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. It is on the horizon. In fact, it is less than just over two weeks away. Saturday, March 16th, 2019. Coming to you from Westland, Michigan, we have... A tournament of gaming supremacy. We've got some former champions in the room of this tournament. Well, a couple third place champions in Testonomics, and I think a first place, maybe a second place, second place. a second place champion in Grimlock, and I'm just glad to not be in last place, Deadite Knight. Never been last yet. $10 entry into the tournament. This runs from 5 o'clock till midnight. All the proceeds of this tournament goes to the Michigan Disabled American veterans, and you can register, you have to register in advance at gamezillamedia.com slash MVGT for Morelli Video Gaming Tournament. Or if you're not in the area and you'd like to help support the cause, you can donate right there as well. Come out, have fun. You don't know what games you're playing until you get there. That's the fun of it all. And uh, we hope to see you on the 16th. Tess, would you agree that the Morelli Video Gaming Tournament is Southeast Michigan's most Italian video gaming tournament? It is by far the most Italian video gaming tournament. So if you went to Italian video gaming tournaments and you're anywhere nearby, you'd be a fool to do anything else on March 16th. There's also a link right on the homepage. So if you can't find the page through social media, gameslimedia.com, right on the uh, top of the page, you will find the link for the Morelli Video Games tournament. All right. Episode 248. We got news, people. Episode 248. 248. We got news. We got the news. news. Anthem is everything we wanted it to be. Or is it? 
Nintendo is changing forever. Forever. And Apex is kicking ass and taking names. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Downloading. Topic number one. There's no article here. I'm not citing any website. I'm bringing you this raw truth that everybody out there shitting all over Anthem, you jump the gun, okay? And so I just wanted to cover a little bit of my experience. Whoa, 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 time out. You're telling me that video game fans hastily jumped into criticizing something without understanding it? It's not just video game fans. I have a, I have a lot of, like, problems here that I need to cover. Video game fans being one of them, critics being another, and just, and you know what? Publishers being stupid, okay? So we're going we're gonna to hit each little section there. But Anthem came out on Friday. Okay, the 22nd. We, I picked it up. It's been a game that I've been talking about for a long time. I've been excited for it. And I'm having a really good time with Anthem. So let's just get my personal feelings out of the way here. I am surprisingly having a good time because of all the negativity that hit a week before I even was able to get the game. And this happened because of the way that they decided to release this game. But I've put about 20 hours into the game. Um, I will say it has its problems, for sure. I'll cover some of the bad. But overall, this game is a loot grinder that is set in a really interesting world that BioWare has done a good job creating as far as the mechanics, the graphics, the the story that is there currently, and the 90-day roadmap that they've already rolled out to tell you what's coming in the next three months. So as far as I'm concerned, BioWare is doing a very good job here. The game I've played with my friends, and then I've played with some randos, and that's that's where this game kind of is a little weird. Is that when you're with people, it's pretty enjoyable. You you can you can plan and strategize and really do a lot of things with the with random people. It gets a little chaotic, and then when you try to play solo, it it can get very difficult quickly because you kind of need your friends or you need those randos to really get you through some of these missions. And so it's a weird game in that sense that it's supposed to be multiplayer, but also you kind of, the story, the way the story is delivered to you, you kind of wish you were by yourself so that people weren't talking in your headset while you were trying to listen to cutscenes. And it does have a little bit of just friction because of that. Over time, I got more used to it and I got uh, and, and understood more how... I had to go to the city to get more missions, and to get those missions, I had to kind of have conversations with NPCs instead of just running to the same guy over and over and over again in Destiny and just grabbing whatever was there. And at first, I was like, I missed that, right? I started to kind of feel like I missed this from Destiny. I missed this from Destiny, which to me was a bad sign. And then I started to get into some of these like NPCs and their stories and all these side stories that I, and missions I was getting. And I started to really feel like, oh, wow, this is cool. I actually care about this person. Where the NPCs in other games, I'm just like, just give me the mission, man. I don't care what you have to say. So interesting position there, interesting decisions that they made. But I'm, I'm enjoying the game. I, I, I fell in between the whole 7 or 8 out of 10 range as far as my, my initial thought. My, my, at the end of the first day, that was my initial thought. 
Then I put about 15 more hours into this game over the weekend. And I started to kind of find the cracks and this, and really realizing why, why did you do this, right? And so let's just first talk about the publisher. EA, <gasps> our, our <gasps> beloved electronic arts that everybody knows can do no wrong, uh, did another weird release with this game where if you have PC or, you know, Origin on your PC, then you get to play it a week before launch. And if you have EA Access, then you get to play it four days before launch, but only on Xbox. But if you have it over here, then you have to play it on the 22nd, and that's the earliest you can play it. And because of all of this, people got the game seven days before the technical release date which the technical release date was when the day one patch dropped that was 33 gigs. Day two, a 42 gigabyte patch dropped. So in the first 48 hours, you had 75 gigs worth of patchwork done. Now, mind you, all these reviews and thoughts came out seven days before this when there were a lot of problems. So... Your game was getting blasted and getting five, six at best and, and out of ten. Nobody was talking well about it. And then all the patchwork came through, but the damage was already done. This weird release window that they're doing with, and they've done this with past games. They've done it with uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. They did it with Battlefield. They, like, they've just, they, they, I don't understand what they think is, how this is helping them. When if you know your patchwork's not going to be ready till the twenty second, the game shouldn't come out till the twenty second. Lead with your best foot, and actually try to present your product well, instead of throw out a shell and then let seventy five gigs worth of content get dumped into it to fix loading times, to fix glitches, to fix to change how missions are actually completed. I mean, this this wasn't small stuff. There was major major things that they were adjusting, and so. I got to play it after all that. So my opinion, I think, is is a pure is a true opinion of the game. I think a lot of the stuff that's out there, people, you need to take it with a grain of salt because it was before those patches. Now, with all the early access players, right, people have been streaming this game for a week. If you bought the Super Ultra Omega Edition and you were part of the EA Access and you were able to count to a million while standing on your head, like if you did all these things, you got it. So people played this, bro- and I would say broken, but this... More incomplete. Fra- incomplete game. Yep. If you paid a premium and subscription fees, then you got to play this incomplete game for eight days until that second patch hit. Yep. Like, at what point is that remotely? Like, if you're going to have a day one patch and a day two patch, it needs to be for day one and day two that the first people can legitimately play your game outside of beta. Yep. Not, oh, well, these guys just got it early. No, they didn't get it early. Everybody else got it late because you didn't pay to get it on time. But now they played eight days of a worse game that was getting five and sixes, you know, out of ten. And say for the people that just waited and bought it normally, well, now you're getting a game that's a seven or eight. Like, that's super unfair. And not the original problem we thought we were going to see with Anthem, because obviously it sounds like they've improved a ton of it. But that's still real shitty to all the people that did everything they had to do to play this highly anticipated game on day one. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't, th- I don't put the blame on Bioware for this. This, this does come down to EA just not just doing this with some of their games, and I, and really, it's it hasn't worked out for them yet. So how many times are you going to go beat your face against the wall over and over again? and get the same results. But Bioware, though, has has been 
very transparent with how they're going to how their their patchwork, how they're going to roll out all this new stuff over the next ninety days. And for that, I I you know commend Bioware, the developer. Now, what's the wrong with this game? It's a loot grinding game. It's it's a destiny. It's it's a it's a division. It, like that's what it is. Loot grinding. You're gonna put a lot of time into this. Yes, there's a story. It does seem pretty interesting. It's kind of fragmented, but but I come from the Destiny era, okay? <laughs> the, like, it's not nearly as bad as Destiny. So what you're saying is four years of playing Destiny, or three years or whatever it's been, has driven your expectations to be rock bottom <laughs> for any loot shooter. You're, it's yeah. rock bottom. You expect nothing. I You've mean, been beaten down. I'll, yeah, you're and, jaded. And plus, I mean, I've played Division, I played Destiny. Uh, you know, I've played Borderlands, stuff like that. And Borderlands being the exception, I kind of expect these games out the gate to be a little rough to have to have to grow in. You have to grow with this game. There's going to be content that's added. There's going to be a lot added to the game. So don't don't just look at it at the beginning and and just make it a, a final grade on this game. It's going to change. And so. I um but but because it's a loot grinder there is a lot of weird situations like every item that drops in the game you have no idea what it is until you end the mission or in the free play and leave the the world and go back to the city and then go to the forge so that you can see what you have. So like engrams, a lot of engrams in Destiny it were just ran like you didn't know what you had until you got back. Some were, but even exotic engrams would drop in game that were already um, you already knew what they were. Yeah, some would. Yeah. You could drop an, an exotic engram could drop and you could equip it right there and try it. Sometimes, yes, there were ones that you had to decrypt or whatever. This is everything. Uncommon, uncommon, rare, mm. epic. It, it doesn't matter what level. They're all just a Rare item. It's a blue rare item. I don't know if it's a gun. I don't know if it's a piece for my suit. I don't know if it's a if it's something else random, right? But so you are working for loot. I mean, that's really what you're doing. You sit there and you're trying to level up. You're trying to get better armor so you get stronger so you can go do strongholds. Which what do strongholds give you and stuff like that? More, better loot. It all revolves around loot, but yet you never know what you're actually working towards. You don't have a mission that's like. Um, the Galahorn. Like, I know by going through this mission, I'm going to end at the Galahorn. No, there's none of that. It's just all random. So, now mind you, when you leave the, the, the world, the, the mission, that's a load screen. When you go to the forge, that's another load screen. When you leave, when you come out of the forge to go back to the city, that's another load screen. So, like, just to see your armor or your weapon that you got, you go through all of that, so then you can come back in and use it. Now, you get to equip two guns, and you get to equip, obviously, items around on your javelin suit. When you load into the game, that's what you get. If you want to change, you leave the world again, you go back to the forge, and you change it, and then you have to go back in. There's no swapping to a sniper because you want some range and you're on a cliff. Nope. Sorry. If you didn't equip it. And that's so archaic to me. Like, no game... It does that, and I mean, like, name a loot grinding game that's that where it locks you into, except for specific modes like Trials of Osiris, where you had to pick your loadout. Once you went into that multiplayer mode, you were locked in because that was your pick. But that was a mode, not not the overall game. Do you think the choice for that was to force 
parties to plan ahead. Be like, okay, Timmy, you're going to be our range guy. Make sure you have a sniper rifle. And and Billy, you're you're going to make sure you have a you know high DPS up close gun because you're going to be our our guy that's going to run in and brawl. Like, is that? Do you think that was the reason that choice was made? Not that that wouldn't be really frustrating, but I would assume that would be yeah why and they I, did that. I think. Um Strat- like yes, there is strategy around javelins that you pick and the weapons that you put on them, and everything combos right. So if you can freeze a guy and I can go in and melee him, then we combo, we cause more damage. So yes, you can build a lot of strategy. Here's my next problem: everything in the game that you get and you un- and you're like, oh wow, this gives me twelve percent more thruster boost. Mm. I can fly further. That means. I have no idea what that's based on because there are no stats. Oh, so it's twelve percent more of what? No, no, no. So you're like, oh, I don't need thruster boost. I need speed. <laughs> What's my base stat of both? You can't see. You can't you're just see. adding a percentage to an arbitrary number. Correct. And you know, and those stats are there because obviously you are getting the bonuses, but they're hidden. So this is probably an easy fix for them. They need to make that visible to us so that we can actually sit there and say. Like, yes, when I add, like, armor, it gives me, like, a bar that says 275. And I'm like, right, but what, like, based on what? Like, it doesn't, like, I don't see, and my damage output, like, overall doesn't show me. It would be, again, I know we're, I can only relate this back to Destiny because we've played a lot of Destiny. It would be like having your light or power level, but knowing no other stats on your guns and things. Well, like the good that. news is you have a power level in this, so yeah. you, it's exactly what you just said. Yeah, you have a power level that goes up every time you put a better piece of equipment on. Yeah, but what does it mean? And so there are some numbers there. I don't want anybody to get mad at me and say you have no idea what you're talking about because when I add this, you know, I see from 275 it goes to 290. Yes, but there are major stats that are missing. Like example, some of these items give you luck. Well, I mean to be fair, luck I feel like in a lot of games is hidden. Yeah. Luck is a like luck is a, a random dice roll that you can't see. You can influence, but you can't see. I think luck yeah. gets a pass. Okay. We, we Thruster can speed, I'm not having any of that. <laughs> like, I'd yeah. like to know what my base speed is yeah. at whatever, you know. Whatever. Or like, hey, you get 33% acid damage uh, buff or whatever, and it's like, okay, but I don't know what my acid damage output is. Right, so if you're doing two acid damage versus right. 100 fire damage, well, I'd rather take a 1% boost to fire damage than a 100% yeah. boost to acid damage. So I feel like the... the Who's cons- doing math, though, yeah. besides me? Who's actually <laughs> mid-maxing percentages besides me? I think the problem me? here is that they're try- this game plays... This aspect of the game is very much like a Diablo, right? Like where you could sit there and try to really chain things together and build these custom some loadouts from all these all this loot dropping, but yet they're not giving you those numbers up front to find what a good loadout is and to understand what maybe some of the best loadouts are currently in the game. And so that's super frustrating because now again you're going back to being a loot grinder where you're trying to get the perfect role, the crit, you know, the god gun or whatever, and you, you don't truly know what it is. There's one thing you've said so far that I 100% disagree with. Sincerely disagree with, not test being test disagree with. The fact that you can't see what you pick up when you get it, I really, really like that. Now, granted, the fact that it's hidden behind four loading screens that are probably longer than they need to be, well, that's just a poor development idea, but the actual, or a poor optimization idea. But as far as not being able to look at the content when you pick it up, I think is super okay because everybody's known you're playing Borderlands or you're playing Diablo and you've got that one friend that needs to check every single <laughs> thing they pick up and like, oh, is this a better suit? 
suit of armor. Like, like, hey, hey, Grim, no, no, right, no, no, we're, we're pushing, we're pushing. Oh, no, hold on, I just want to see this new gun. I got to think it's a little bit better. No, 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 we're, we're going right now. Oh, great, I'm, I'm dead. And, oh, well, I'm coming. I just mean that the, the gun was the gun was better than what I had. Like I could see, I see your point there because everybody's got that friend. It all yeah. depends on how annoying your friends are. I right. do, and right. I'm that guy. Yeah, I, I want to look at everything. You gotta, you just gotta pick better excuse friends. Me, excuse me, guys. I got a new uh, amulet, and I believe it makes my zombie dog stronger. So I'm gonna go ahead and equip that real quick. But the, I mean, so the issue is, is that yes, you, it, this does allow you to maybe stay more um, in the in the moment in, in the, the moment yeah. of the game and, and the environment and everything. And so I. It bugs me, but at the same time, if they didn't change it, I'm, I'm still okay with it. What I would like is th- for them to somehow allow me to, like, if I want to, sec- if we want to weaken the team and I want to go to the forge real quick, you know, to to check this out, I can type deal. Like, you don't have to tell me right when it drops, but but the amount of, of hoops I have to jump through just to get to what it is, I mean, realistically, right now, you have to end the mission or end the free play for everyone. Just to check stuff. Just to check it, and that's that's the problem. Is that you have to literally just like cut the line. How long are missions? It, it depends. I mean, some of them are pretty lengthy. Uh, strongholds are very long, but uh, you know, overall, uh, contracts can be very can be pretty short. Quests can be me- are medium, and then your story missions can be kind of long. And like I said, strongholds are probably the longest thing that I've tried so far. And what was that about? How long? Stronghold was almost, was about forty five minutes, almost an hour. I mean, if you have to wait forty five minutes to an hour to look at your loot, like I feel so, like that's still okay. Here's the issue, though. The, the The problem comes from the from the numbers side, which I know you're a numbers guy. So that ain't me. If you uh, go in as a level twelve into free play, like okay. we did, okay, and the current thing we were doing in free play was was main mission driven. We had to find these tombs. We had to go into them. So these tombs required you to do certain things in order to open the doors. So we're going around, we're doing world events, we're opening treasure chests, we're doing combos, whatever, right? And because of it, these level, we're level 12, now we're level 16. But we're still running level 12 gear. Because all the stuff that drop, even though it's a level, it's higher level, we can't equip it until we end and then go back in. So if you're playing these prolonged free plays or some of these dungeons and you're leveling up, you're still underpowered because as you level up, everything around you levels per user so this is how a level one can play with a level 30 and it feels fair to both teams or Mm. both players this is something that that bioware decided to do so that the the level gap didn't really there wasn't a level gap so like their bullets are doing more damage and your bullets are doing less damage so everyone's kind of having a fair experience that's a really neat little algorithm to build in there it's not like oh someone joined uh you were 30 you were one so now everybody's level 15 like nah but now because you're 16 the enemy is acting like a 16 but your gun is a 12 so your damage rate's going down as their health bars are going up, and the only way to level that playing field is to say, okay, let the guys, let's stop and start back up. Yeah. And that's that's a little frustrating. Um, lastly, I will say the respawn function needs to be improved. Right now, when you go down, you in, in a if you're in a uh, respawnable area, people can pick you up, sure, but also you can respawn yourself. If you respawn yourself, it boots you way the hell away from everybody. <laughs> so, like, it doesn't bring you back even in, sometimes, depending on where you're at in the world, it doesn't even bring you, like, on the outskirt of what you're doing. You'll literally be in, like, what I would consider is, like, another, like, location and have to fly back there. And when you're doing world events or stuff like that, by the time you get back, it's, it's over. So, 
but it gets worse when you um, are in an area where you can't respawn. Okay, so a restricted zone, you go down. Now, you sit there staring at yourself. Mm. You cannot toggle to another player. The alert to that other player, there is none. The the notification, the, whatever, the icon that, that one of your players is down is a tiny little dot that when everything that's going on, you don't even pay attention to it. Mm. When you're the last one standing on your team, there's zero warning, nothing. So you're sitting there, and I'm, I'm flying around collecting these things called Echoes because I'm just being the utility guy. They were, all ad, they were all on ad duty. I'm flying around around a mountain. I'm on the other side of the mountain grabbing these Echoes to bring them back to this location, and I'm like, all right, guys, I got four, and they're like, we're all down. And I'm like, wait, what? So I come back. I get them all up. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get their other ones. Oh, we're all down again. And it's just like super frustrating because, again, in Destiny, you had the restricted zones. You go down. There was a 30-second cooldown. If you were the last one standing, it would warn you, so you were the last guardian, right? So you're jumping around or you're hiding behind a rock just trying to buy time, trying to buy time because everything's focusing you now. And eventually, you could try to get, someone could try to get themselves back up. But you could also pick them up if you could get to them. Here, I don't get that. Like I can switch you know, in, in Destiny again, and I hate the fact that I'm using Destiny as an example because I'm so mad at them right now, but I could switch to a friend and watch them trying to get to me or trying to do something and and you know and hopefully or or turn my camera i shouldn't say switch to them turn my camera and actually like watch them to try to help them out here i can't do anything camera's locked it's black and white and i'm basically staring at myself in the ground and so it just needs some of it feels so like the whole the whole idea wasn't thought out and it really or 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 it feels old in the sense of just game design, and that to me was a was a little bit of a disappointment. These are all things that are fixable. Okay, so that's that's the bottom line. These are all adjustments that can be made. A great example of that was the the uh, mission that I ran that was the tombs. That before the patch, everything that we did in that four hours that we sat in in the free play, you had to do when you first went into the free play. So like when you dropped in to do that mission. It all counted at that point. Okay, so you have to have 500 kills. You have to have this. You have to have that. All started when you dropped in for that mission. Now, because it's a free play zone, after level three, as you're just messing around in free play, that tallies up. So when you get to that point, some of it you already have done. And so, like, that was a big adjustment of how that mission was structured. It was, you know, it was all contained, and now it's not. And things like that that they can move around, they can adjust, and and make some big differences in some patchwork or some, you know, bigger than a patch, like an actual DLC re- reconfiguration, whatever. You know, a Taken King type uh, change, if you if you if you will. But though, you know, I I spent a lot of time focusing those points. I, I want to remind people I've had a lot of fun playing this game. Sure, I've had some crashes. I've had the game freeze on me a couple times. Nothing major. Was it during a cutscene? It was not during a cutscene. So that was good. Um, I've missed zero, zero the story, which was an issue before the patch again. But um, 
you know, overall, this game, if you're a loot-grinding fan, if you're a Destiny fan and you're looking for something new, Anthem is definitely worth you looking at. Don't let these early reviews turn you down. Understand that the stuff I talked about today are easy fixes that, that Bioware could definitely look into. And if they don't, it is not a game ruiner. So that's the big thing. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it. I, I'm looking forward to playing it more. I, you know the the story is very intriguing so far. We'll see if it can if it falls apart like Destiny did, or or if it actually delivers like like we are so uh, used to Bioware being able to do. But overall, I think Anthem definitely deserves a for those people that already kind of condemned it. It deserves a second look, and I think this this first ninety days with the new strikes coming out, um, cataclysms coming, these giant world events that'll happen, that'll spawn in the world and, and, and create this whole new kind of raid situation. All this stuff that's coming in, 90, in the first 90 days. So I, I definitely would give it a look. All right, if you want to know more about Anthem, you can talk to me on my stream, Grim the Dino on Facebook. You can hit the Discord, gameslowmedia.com, join the Discord. Uh, I've been talking a lot about it in the Xbox channel because that's the system I'm playing it on. Um, but wherever wherever you tag me, I would be more than happy to talk to you about Anthem. and Because I do have some more pros, some more cons, but I'm, I don't want to eat up this whole show for Anthem. So let's move on. Topic number two. Take it away, Test. We've got some bad, bad news in the world of Nintendo as it was announced on February 21st, coming April 15th of this year, our beloved Reggie Fizame, standing at six foot one inch tall, will be retiring as president of Nintendo of America. It's too soon. It's too soon. He's only spent the last 15 years at Nintendo of America. Wanted 15 more. For, so he's been with Nintendo since 2003, which is three years before the launch of the Wii. So he got there, they went to an all time high plummeted to a a record low for the last couple decades with the Wii U launch and now he's back up you know arguably the closest Nintendo's been to the top of gaming and I think at this time our boy Reggie's ready to go ahead and retire he says he wants to spend more time with his friends and his family and he's just ready I hope he's just ready to be retired I hate, I'd hate to see him pop back up somewhere because you'd like to think that the job he had was the best job, like the best job for him. And if all of a sudden he shows up and he's the the COO of Dick's Sporting Goods, I'd be like, man, <laughs> Reggie, like, were you that unhappy at Nintendo? Did someone pay you enough money to go? But um, yeah, so he's been with Nintendo for 15 years since 2003. Um, for the last 13 years, he was rather the uh, or the the COO, the Chief Operating Officer and President of Nintendo of America. We first saw Reggie back in 2004. That's kind of when he started uh, introducing himself to the public, and you know he was in a few E3 promos and things like that. Um, he he really he's gone on on record as being the guy that really reworked the way that Nintendo interacted directly with their vendors. So when you hear stuff like you know, uh, they, they did this fake supply and demand, or they don't get third-party support, or anything that has to do with Nintendo's relationship with the people that are providing their products or providing content to their products. You know, that's Reggie's been the face of that 
for Nintendo for as long as at least I've been paying attention to Nintendo outside of the video game I was playing, right? Since since media, right? Since N- Nintendo's become more than just a gaming fixture, it's become a media fixture. Like Reggie has just been the face of that. Now there were some other people, especially you know from from you know May, like um, um, Iwata, right? Like he was a face that you could immediately associate with Nintendo, but he only came out like that was when the big guns were coming out, right? When you got something direct from Nintendo from Japan, you would see him. When you just think about Nintendo, any Nintendo Direct of the last couple of years, any E3, we saw him on stage at the Game Awards with Phil Spencer and some asshole from Sony. Like, Sean. Sure. Uh, and, you know, that was a big, like, coming to the moment. And and the big thing is that um, uh, he was so memeable. Like, he was a fun guy. He was a big dude, this big dude. And he once, when they were, they were presenting the Wii Fit Board, Right, the Wii Fit Balance Board that you could get with your Wii. He he came on stage and was like, "Are you ready?" He's like, "My body, my body is ready." And that became such a big meme for anything Nintendo related. Even if you look at the chat in a in a Twitch or a YouTube channel for a direct that's about to happen, right? The countdown starts. It's it's one minute until this show goes live. You see the chat is spammed with people saying, my body is ready, or my body is Reggie, or anything like that. Like, he has transcended being the president of a gaming company or an entertainment company to being a fixture. And it, it, it's so it's so rare that you get somebody that them, themselves is associated with a brand. You think of this person, and you don't think of you know, what their job is, what brand do they represent? So Reggie, you know, as of April 15th this year, he will be retiring and riding off into the sunset of, uh, of, of major gaming, hopefully, right? I don't, I don't want to see him come back and be part of Overwatch League or some shit like that. Oh God. But, no. and before we get into maybe slumming it with Blizzard, <laughs> right, right. Before we get into, you know, how you guys feel about, feel about Reggie, like this came, this was already bad enough news. But during the same the same thing, we got some even worse news. And there's somebody taking over Nintendo that we've seen coming for literally dozens of years. We've always known that we've had someone to stop this person, this creature, this monster from taking over Nintendo and come April 15th, our fears will be realized as Bowser officially ascends the throne of the president of Nintendo of America. <gasps> and by that, of course, I mean Doug Bowser. He's yeah, uh, currently the head of sales and marketing, which I believe is what Reggie did before this most recent thing. So he's following very much in Reggie's footsteps. Um, Doug Bowser's been with Nintendo uh, since 2015, so he's only been there for, you know, three, four years, um, but he's been shadowing Reggie ever since. It seems like he was brought on board with a similar background to be groomed for Reggie's departure. Uh, he's an avid arcade buff, you know, and he has, he's very big on social media. He's a little bit older than when Reggie first joined, uh, uh, took this role, but that was also, you know, 13 years ago. Um and, uh, you know, he's, he's on social media. He interacts with people at the Nintendo of New York stories. He's a, he's a you know, good guy. There is one real big problem we have to talk about, Doug Bowser, aside from the fact that he is your, your, your bad guy of bad guys. I mean, perfect name to be the head of Nintendo of America. He changed it, right? That's his legal name. Wow. So He's committed. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's been a long con. He's definitely been playing the long <laughs> game. Um, I've thought about changing my name to Ethan Zilla, just so you guys know how in I am to this podcast. There you go. There you You're go. not that in. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you called my bluff right here on the show. Hey, well, you heard it live. I guess he, that's his uh, tonight's I, last show. Yeah, if I knew how to read, this I would. all s- our last show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the problem with Doug Bowser, though, <laughs> is uh, before he joined Nintendo in 2015, he spent the last eight years working for EA. Oh, that's why I recognize this name. Yes, yeah, so, EA's great though. They do yeah, great things so, with game so, releases and and mm-hmm. a lot of cool, unique things that they're trying. Yeah, yeah. So not only they make a hockey game, that's cool. Not only <laughs> does this asshole show up and kick Reggie out of office with the last name Bowser, but he's coming from EA. Eight years at EA. Eight years at EA, and then the the, the thirty years beforehand, he worked for Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> well, the company that owns Gillette. Oh no. What? company is that i don't remember I'm procter s- and gamble there it is I'm another s- giant I, soulless corporation i know you knew it so <laughs> i'm sorry I, I wasn't paying attention how long has he been with nintendo three years uh full four years he joined in 2015 four years okay i don't know if that's long enough to brainwash him out of ea's ways no, well, no. no nintendo brainwashing is aggressive yeah yeah and it was reggie reggie's been like doug you coming to work oh, i'm really excited like you ready for work dog he's like i'm sorry reggie uh, he's like what do you say it's like, my body is ready what did you say my, 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 my body is ready all right Come to work, Doug. I hope so. I hope, I hope, uh, yeah, I hope this isn't tainted. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, all jokes aside, I mean, I've been following uh, D- Doug Bowser on social media since the uh, Nintendo Switch launch because he was the one selling the first Nintendo, official Nintendo Switch at Nintendo of New York. So any any YouTuber that's big into that scene was out there, and Doug Bowser was the one there. Very, like, excitable, and he was, you know, dressed something goofy, and uh, maybe it was a Bowser outfit now that I think about it. Oh, God. But if Nintendo doesn't lean headfirst into this oh, Bowser yeah, thing, you know, to. the next Nintendo Direct, you have Reggie saying goodbye, and then... And the screen cuts out and it's Doug Bowser there, you know, adjusting his tie and his little Bowser three-piece suit. Something like that. Like, they got to lean headfirst into this for the did, gamers. Did you guys see that image of him like, you know, like, hey, thanks for welcoming me or whatever, where he had a controller that tied up Mario and Luigi in the background. So, yeah. like, clearly there's already yeah. some fun being yeah. had well, on that his was, behalf. That was from when he originally joined the team back in 2015. Oh, okay, yeah. And it so, had, like, a bunch of Bowser plushes and, and uh, yeah. uh, what is it, Skull Bones, Dry Bones, and I don't, Mario Universe is not my thing. And he had all these different things up there. And then, yeah, there's a GameCube controller just tying these two together. And it's just like, I'm so glad to be here. So... Um, my final thoughts before we get to you guys, like Reggie was an absolute instrumental person in Nintendo regaining prom, uh, um, like, uh, really a real good public image, especially surrounding the Wii U launch and bringing them back to this, like this top tier gaming, um, like the, the enterprise that Nintendo knows is, is known to be. He's done a great job communicating and working with, with fans in the media, and it's hard to think that somebody can replace him, but the, he, he can. There will be someone to replace him. Doug Bowser will replace him, and as far as I know, from everything I've seen with him on social media, he's just an arcade geek who is, you know, he's a marketing a marketing wizard, allegedly, and uh, he'll take the reins from here, and uh, Reggie hopefully will spend his retirement playing uh, Breath of the Wild. That's what I assume he's going to do. I, I mean, I, obviously Reggie is, for, for us, he's just an, an icon. Like, when, when I think of Nintendo and, and through, through ups and downs, but, but mostly success stories for, for Reggie, um, he's been that face. And we've always talked about how, you know, Phil coming in and taking Xbox to places and really starting to become that face of Xbox, Reggie was that for us. For, for us here in North America, you know, he was that. For, for for me and 
I think Doug Bowser has that ability, and, and like you said, because he is a is a nerd and he does he, like he has really shown some of his some of his uh, um, hobbies and, and just tendencies. I think he will be okay, um, but it is weird to me to sit here and, and think about loot like Reggie stepping aside, and we haven't we've had some icons step away or or pass away in the gaming industry that you know that we could sit there and be upset about, but. Um, like Reggie's ours. Like I always, I always looked at Reggie as like I know it's it's not just North America, but like Reggie is North, like North American Nintendo is Reggie. So the fact that he's stepping down is weird to me, and, and like it's that it's that weird passing of the torch that you don't see often um, when there's success. And so you know, I hope the best for him, and I thank him for all the fun that we that he's uh, that he's brought us. But and, and you know and hopefully uh, you know Mr. Bowser here can uh, somewhat live up to uh, to Reggie's uh, fame here. I I think Reggie probably did a fine job picking his successor. I think we're going to be in great hands, and you know I don't think we need to beat a dead horse. We're excited to see what he's going to do uh, with the brand of Nintendo North America because it's my understanding Nintendo North America is mostly about marketing to North American game players. I mean, it's still Nintendo. It's still being run in Kyoto or wherever it is. So they'll probably come up with some cool ideas, and I'm excited to see, you know, the future of Nintendo. Yeah, the core product's not going to change, right? That, yeah. that's, that's never been Reggie's decision. Yeah, he was a marketing guy, and now he's, the, he's essentially the... I mean, he's not the head of marketing. That was Doug Bowser, but his job is the public image of Nintendo in America in all facets. But yeah. not de- not deciding what the next Zelda game is going to be. No, and, and that's not what I'm worried about. But what we have talked about the concept that like Sony doesn't have that. They do not have that presence here for for me at least. Okay, like I know Sean Layden is Sean Layden to some people. He's not a Reggie. He's not a Phil. Like so to me, like that's something that's so like I don't want Nintendo to. Like recede back recede into themselves. Back, yeah, you can't when you're Bowser. <laughs> yeah, so, that's and that's you're right. That's what I'm excited about. To back up your point. I would be thrilled to play some games with Reggie. I would love to sit down and game with Phil. Mm-hmm. The guy from Sony, I mean, who, he doesn't seem like a guy I want to play video games with. And that's a weird thing about, like, you're buying video games from these guys. They're the face of these companies. They're the people that are out there talking about them. You want to feel their passion, and you want to see that they have some of the same qualities you have. And I think we feel that way about Reggie. He clearly was excited yeah, about Nintendo. Absolutely. And we feel that way about Phil. We get up and we watch E3 you know, every year. We're like, dude, this dude really likes video games, you know? Yep. So hopefully we'll see some of that enthusiasm out of Doug. Douglas. Good luck, Reggie. All right. Topic number three is our Patreon news topic of the week. And if you want to become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash gameslowmedia. And if you are a $5 or higher member, you get a ton of exclusive content. That's right. But if you're a $1 or higher one. I'm still learning. I'm still <laughs> learning. I screwed that up at the beginning of the show then. Okay. Nah, right. you were, you were it's all, all right good. We're all learning still, except for Tess. Tess got to figure it out. But I didn't do any Patreon plugs, but, so yeah. you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that I got it all figured Anyways, out. Anyways, if you're a dollar or higher, you can help vote on a news topic every week for this show. This week, the winning topic is that more rumors of Microsoft bringing the Xbox app and Game Pass... And cloud technology to the Nintendo Switch. What? 
It's like we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago. We were talking about it a couple weeks ago, and, and we were assuming a lot because they're, they're, all we had heard was Xbox Live on Switch. That's That was really the rumor. And since then, some more stuff has started to kind of roll out. It's all rumor mill. Um, some of it is from, a ver- from very credible sources, though, that have gotten... A lot of things right in the past. So, uh, originally stated when Microsoft was discussing one of their topics for this year's Game Developers Conference that's coming up next month, I believe, right? March. It's sometime in March. Yeah, yeah. in March. um, About the Xbox Live support to Android, iOS, and Switch. Um, And so, that was what we kind of touched a couple weeks ago. But since then, um, we have rumors of direct feed games. So... Uh, known for a strong track record when coming to rumors, um, they, they have confirmed that Nintendo and Microsoft are working on this to be revealed in 2019. Super big air quotes. They've confirmed it, yeah. right? You know, they've right. confirmed a lot of things, and a lot of them have been right. But you know, yeah. we're we're still waiting on that direct to start with an Xbox logo. And this also kind of started popping up more because Ori and the Blind Forest, one of my favorite games from Moon Studios, a Xbox owned developer was spotted for switch in the uk wholesale database um distrusted by thq nordic though that what yeah i, I, I distributed by thq dis- nordic yeah distributed by thq that's that's an interesting huh that's interesting actually the, i didn't know that part um but the thing about this is Ori in the blind forest an xbox exclusive now um showing a um being on the Switch, not only just talking like Game Pass, but we're talking um, physical item. Yeah, there'd be no reason to remotely have a distributor involved, once allegedly have right, a right. distributor involved, if you weren't going to distribute something. Yeah. So, and, and some more rumors have even talked about Gears of War, Halo, things like that, that could be distributed beyond Game Pass. So not just a service, but physical items. This is a big deal here because this is what I was talking about a few weeks ago, that that Microsoft wants to tear down every wall that exists between gaming, period. And Nintendo, I think, is definitely... I mean, we've already seen that they've partnered very well. They've worked very well together. They seem to agree with mostly this stuff in the sense of we may not agree with you where Mario and that's going to ever do the same thing, but we will take Halo and we will take Gears and we will take these games that we have never had on a Nintendo platform and open up a whole new audience to our handheld device, which pretty much acts like a Xbox handheld device because we're allowing you this, this type of ability to bring these services and games. So it's, very interesting because I mean, if you think about it, Microsoft is kind of acting like Sega with one extra piece. They're not just going third party and, and quitting the hardware business, they're going to continue their hardware business and they're kind of acting almost like a third party at this point. It's like a Sega if Sega's hardware business didn't die, right? Yeah, exactly. If they didn't shoot themselves in the foot 18 times, but foot or dick. <laughs> Everywhere, right in the weeds. They just took a weapon and just <laughs> aimed it at themselves over and over again. Explosively castrated yeah. themselves yeah. from the business. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sega Dreamcast Two, make it happen. I'll buy it. I don't know why, but I'll do it. Uh, anyways, so this is when we talk about this. This is kind of huge because you know PlayStation is still sitting off with their with their 
gigantic stone walls holding on to everything they can hold on to. And these other two, the other two that matter are sitting there saying, cool, let's just, let's just share it out. Let's just do this. Like, let's, let's, let's see where it goes. And we could, we could learn a lot about this in as little as a month. And then assuming what we don't hear, we'll hear the rest of it at E3. Yeah, it's no surprise that Microsoft is putting a very big focus on cloud, you know, cloud gaming and um, not being as much of a hardware provider as they are software. They're trying to take their hardware and turn it into a software consuming device, right? The, 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 the X, X, what was a live the cloud gaming service supposed to be called? Oh, man, I forgot. It's like. It's okay. I made a real awkward noise trying to come up with that word. Yeah. So we're just going to keep doing it. Whatever. So, um, so this isn't like, I mean, it's it's shocking, but it's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're talking about your next system being one that you're going to have an option to where you just stream onto it, right? You're streaming games. You're not actually buying discs. There's not even supposed to be a disc slot on it, right? It's supposed to be something that was all software driven. Well, so they're like, okay, well, we do this, we make this on a portable system, too, but we don't want to make a portable system, so how do you feel Nintendo? Like, I don't think this opens the door to see a Zelda game on an Xbox no, at no, all. No. This is 100% Microsoft saying, we want to put our software places, and Nintendo's like, we'll take it. Because, yeah, and Nintendo's really in that game of, like, we're taking a, a lot of anybody's stuff. Right. And lastly, you were very close. It's Project X Cloud. That's exactly what I said. If you if you cut that sound clip and you reverse it, that's what I said. Oh yeah, got it. What Microsoft is doing right now is what Netflix did when they're like, "Oh, we want to roll out the streaming service. Oh, we want to put it on as many platforms as possible." Microsoft right now has the best game streaming service or you know game subscription service it's it's way better than PlayStation now or anything else out there so because Microsoft has momentum they're seeing an opportunity to solidify themselves as the Netflix of gaming moving forward right which is the which was the future of movies and now and we've seen this trend in the, in the past right in different industries yes so in a media format which gaming is it was bound to kind of that 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 business model to find its way here and gain that that success. And and Microsoft's taking a bold step. This looks insane to us now, but really what it's doing is it's setting them up for future success in a big way. Opposed to, you know, keeping the walls up and saying, "Oh, we want to f- just have success in our realm." No, they're they're trying to build their success across gaming moving into the next generation. And I think it's a big deal because me, my personal opinion on this is that it, obviously Xbox is the is the new kid on the block when you talk about these three companies that are standing right now. Sony, not much older, but still like the the deal here within the game within gaming, I should say. Um, the the thing here is this is the first time I can honestly feel like Microsoft Xbox is changing the industry that they're in. Okay, we've seen it with PlayStation doing some stuff. We've, you know, Nintendo's done it forever as far as trying to innovate and change things. But Microsoft, for the most part, has been just a a powerhouse machine that had, you know, some exclusive games that people cared about when Halo was relevant. You know, Gears of War, sure, a lot of shooters, maybe not as heavy on the RPGs. All they were were just it was a game, it was another option. They never felt like the one that was actually changing the course of the gaming industry, and this is that. And so we're watching Phil as that face that we're talking about. We're watching the big green giant 
actually try to do something that, to us, feels like it's for the gamer. And that's what's most impressive when we're so used to these giant companies that are just money-hungry doing things that the, that no gamer wants. So um, it's it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And this is an exciting time because this these rumors all revolve around the fact that they've also come out and said that we are going to hear about Lockhart and Anaconda, which are your code names for the two Xbox systems. They are going to be released at, or, or sorry, announced at E3 this year. And that means in March, we're going to learn the evolution of what Xbox Live is becoming. I mean, this is, let's think about it. Xbox Live has been great, but it's been really the same thing for a long time. It's just gotten better here and there. This is the evolution of Xbox Live. We are about to see what they're going to do. You're, you're right. Xbox Live is the new Netflix for gaming. And so with that, along with two brand new systems and now a step, you know, a stepson of a handheld device, Phil was not lying when he took the stage, you know, when he, when he was interviewed here a month ago and said, this is going to be the biggest year for Xbox that you have ever seen. So I started with me getting one. <laughs> I really set the stage for the whole year. They were like, wait, was this Testonomics 17th Xbox One? They're like, it was his 18th. Get on the horn, guys. It's going down this year. The face of Switch. <laughs> we got to put the app on his system now. We got to put the app on his system now. Once Tess bought in, they're like, okay, it's time to merge the two worlds. Yeah, but this is You're this welcome. is uh, this is huge. This is very exciting. I can't wait for the uh, game conference. I want to hear what they what they got up their sleeve here. All right. Thanks, patrons. It was a good topic. I'm glad that one uh, that one went out pretty pretty landslide, right? Yeah, there wasn't a single vote for. What the was other the losing one. alternative? Doesn't matter. Um, what, your, your, your oh, studio, it was Gearbox. Your studio. Yeah, eh. your, uh, your you, you Gearbox like studio, was right? actually supposed to be who took over Halo back in the day, instead of three four three when Bungie left. It's a good thing they didn't, so we got Borderlands. It's a yeah, the, that's the way to look at it, right? Okay, topic number four. Apex Legends is smashing Fortnite records. Okay, we might sound like a broken record, but th these things are happening so fast right now that we we have to keep talking about Apex Legends almost weekly. Um, 8.28 million hours of Apex was watched during Twitch Rivals Tournament. That is topping the 6.6 .6 million hours that Fortnite had, and that was like in July or whatever. Just a few months ago, yeah. Yeah, a few months ago. So there's been a lot of records broken that were like, well, uh, Apex had this many downloads in its first couple days. Fortnite only had this many. Well, when Fortnite came out, it wasn't... PUBG was still king. It took Fortnite a little bit to snowball into the behemoth that it became. So I don't, those records are, though they're broken, yes, and Apex holds the record, that's great. I don't compare those two as fair um, because of the, the hotness that is now. Anything can drop with the Battle Royale tag on it, and I feel like it gets some momentum right out the gate because of Fortnite. So, but this one's interesting because it's from July, and it's, it's quite a bit of a, of a defeat here that Fortnite just suffered because Apex just slaughtered it. Um and we're not seeing it slow down. We're not even we haven't even learned of the of what the first season is going to be for this game. We don't know a lot of, of what's going to uh, be rolled out by respawn here next, but these numbers, you know, numbers don't lie and, and, and Apex is just is just steamrolling right now. 
Do you know 8.28 million hours is roughly 1,000 years? Wow. 1,000 collective human years. What are we doing with our lives? We're spent watching Drizzy get them headshots. Or Dizzy. Dizzy, Dizzy. So it, was, it wasn't, Drake wasn't playing again. <laughs> Drake didn't show back up to play Apex Legends. It was Dizzy. All right. And so then this brings in some more talk that we had about uh, the, the Battle Royale scene. So NRG is an esports uh, group here that's been searching for Apex Legends players. Uh, within six days of launch, they started looking. They found Kobe Dizzy Meadows, and they signed him on February 12th. Days, just days after. That's right, days. So, um, so Dizzy, Ninja, which we all know, and King Richard won $200,000 at Twitch Rivals Apex Legends Tournament. Well, they won the, they won the $200,000. Yeah. I, I think the top prize was fifty grand. Okay, but yeah. But they, that was, yeah, that they was, won that tournament. They had a $200,000 prize yeah, pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the reason why, so so Dizzy, who's this Dizzy kid? Why, why did Ninja want to play with him? It's this 18-year-old kid from Florida, right? Yep. That... Uh, just kind of caught fire when people started realizing how good he was at Apex Legends. And that's when you got to watch him drop in with his squad. And, and remember, it's it's three-man squad in this game. 60 people max. 57 opponents. He killed 33 of them. Only 24 people left for everyone else. Not his go. squad. Himself. 33. I did 34 the other day. This this no you didn't. This kid, yeah. This kid is unreal. It's a butthole. It's a butthole thing to say. Yeah. This kid is unreal. So because of that, Ninja reached out to him. They teamed up. They won that tournament and and you know, NRG is trying to build around him now to build this team. But at the same time, um, uh, another esports team that's well known, the Immortals. Yeah, yeah. The Immortals, Team Liquid are not building any Battle Royale team. They're not interested in Apex Legends right now. And because, and the reason is, is because of those numbers we just talked about. And this is where I think we get into our, our last discussion here, is we have two gigantic esports teams that we're using as an example. There are plenty more, and they're all... It's, it's, it's split down the middle when it comes to these groups that are, are either investing into Battle Royale or not. And the reason is is because they've watched PUBG grow and everyone got excited and then Fortnite crushed it. And then they watched Fortnite do things that we've never seen before in the gaming industry. And now we're watching the next game start to steal everything from Fortnite. There's no sustainability in Battle Royale is what some of these groups are saying. And when you talk about the Immortals who have their CEO... Um, who came from um, some professional sports teams' background, they're concerned that Battle Royale can pull eyeballs so quickly from one another that how do you build a team with staying power? And that leads us into the health of esports. We watch every season, and mind you, season is not 162 games or whatever like, like we have in, in other professional sports. It's it, they're short. It's like nine weeks, and you're like, cool, that's the split, and then like they go to this little event, and then another nine weeks, and then we're done or whatever. And yes, that's, that's a decent chunk of time, but then when that season's over, and, you, and next season, every team, Cloud9, TSM, it doesn't, every team's completely different. The roster is wiped half the time, and you got a whole new squad of kids, and you're like, oh, uh, what happened to my favorite players? Or like, what, like, 
like I don't I don't I don't know what's going on anymore. Where did all these people go? We're used to a sport where it's like I followed Steve Eiserman for 15 years. You could still follow him. He's still active in the game. Well, yeah, right, yeah. He's still a coach. So if I wanted the to. The best team in the league. Yeah. Where it's like I could have a favorite player, and in three weeks, that player could be gone. And so esports are is a very just it's an interesting situation right now because there is a lot of money there. I'm not saying that that people aren't realizing it because you have all these big big shots that are professional sports team owners investing into esports because they see it growing, but I don't think anyone really truly knows how to sustain it yet. And that's the interesting part that we've talked about Overwatch League and going into Season 2, how the hype doesn't seem to be nearly what it was Season 1, but League of Legends has seven seasons under its belt and it seems to be doing okay, yet here we are with PUBG that has a professional scene, but it's just been so up and down. Fortnite, we are really unsure what Fortnite is doing because Epic tried to do something. They fumbled horribly. They they bounced back. Then you had all these third parties trying to do stuff, and, it, and because of it, it was chaos. You know, like League of Legends, it's like you go and you watch Riot. You watch their NALCS or their A or their LCK or whatever wherever you live, you watch your league. And if you want to watch, you know, if you're a fan of soccer and you want to watch the world play league, you can in that same way. But it's organized, and I think the pro- the scary part about Battle Royale is there's it is so unknown. And because of games like Apex that just came out of nowhere, no one this was a planned. Yeah, even even the most popular streamers got it like got to witness it four days early, right? And some of them didn't even know what they were going to whatever remote location they were going. They didn't even know what they were going for. They just so, know they were getting paid so to you, go play a game. So you have this random developer that was working on this side project that literally was a joke, and they just drop it. It blows up, and all this money you invested, all this time you invested, all these contracts you signed. And Fortnite is all of a sudden like, um, well, should uh, do we still need this? Should we should we should we jump? And then like now now it just becomes this. I mean, everything's a gamble, but it becomes this question of like, do I pull my assets from Fortnite and put them into Apex, or is Apex just just a quick like you know, just a quick one and done, and Fortnite's going to be okay? But as a organization, I'm not going to sit there and say, cool, I'm going to. I'm gonna have a Fortnite team, an Apex team, a PUBG team, and I'm gonna pay all the you know pay all these people to have these organizations because it's not just pay three kids, right? Like they have psychologists, they have doctors, they have they have diets, they have they have therapy, they have um, um, trainers, physical trainers. They like they have to have somewhere to live. They have to, like all this stuff. Like the investment into this is millions and millions of dollars, and you cannot even say Fortnite's going to be viable in twelve months. How can you make that investment unless you just have a shit ton of money you don't care about and you just burn it? So. I understand the uh, the the tear here, and and, and it, that that side of it. As much as as happy as I am to see a game come out that actually competes, that's competing with Fortnite. At the same time, it has hurt the professional side of it because now you're like, well, I mean, what happens in 12 months or even less time when the next person just shows up out of the out of that door over there and goes, hey, we got the game, and it blows up. Doug Bowser's bringing Splatoon 2 Battle Royale to the Xbox. In a in a market that is getting overly saturated, we've already talked about. It. I mean, we got Tetris ninety nine. That's a battle royale for God's sake. So much fun though. It is a lot of fun, and that's the thing from us ga- from a gamer standpoint. I like having the the choice, the variety. 
but from, again, the standpoint of building a league and building this professional, you know, thing out of it, it's almost impossible to sit there and make that gamble, I think. See, that's that's the thing I've always said about esports and competitive gaming that we have an issue with is because the shelf life of a video game is a matter of months. Yeah. So, okay, you know, pro Call of Duty, you get a year out of that. That's it. Before and that, well, before the ne- the, before next the next one, one comes along, and then you hope it's good, so it doesn't kill the scene. Correct, and, and then the the players there can be changeover. The mechanics can change. You know, like there's just so much flux of, of of who's in the scene and what they're doing, and that's using that as an example. Now, now we're looking at these free to play games swooping in and taking player base and and changing so much. It's difficult to maintain momentum. It's one. Of, it's 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 a really interesting thing. To look at the fighting game community because it it gets a, around a little bit of this vitality because a game will stay playable longer. Like Street Fighter V is what a four year old game now, and that's still a top competitive fighting game. And you, didn't it suck? And it did. It, <laughs> it had well, a horrible start. Yeah, yeah, yeah it had yeah, a slow yeah. start, but again, it was still considered the top dog, and it, it stuck around for a long time. Like fighting game does that. You know the the melee community. Like oh they're still. They're yeah, still stars in that. They, they no built worse. stars the and they maintained it. Yeah, the difference, though, what you're explaining to me and, and the way that I view fighting games, because yeah. especially Melee, which had no support from Nintendo uh, for for the long, like I mean, I guess Melee still doesn't, but now with the new Smash, Nintendo has kind of been more involved. Yeah, but Evo is when when like I'm not a fight. Like I know there's other events. Yeah. Evo is the event, right? It's not owned. Evo isn't owned by Street Fighter. It isn't like when you think of League of Legends, it's Riot. That's when true. When you think of Overwatch, it's Blizzard. When you think of Call of Duty, it's Activision. And they all looked at the first people that did it, like Dota and and League, and they go, "Wow, they CS. built they built this cohesive thing that they make all this money off of, and it's theirs. It's not somebody else's that's playing our game. It's theirs." And so they all started to copy that. But the problem is, is that how many leagues, how many uh, professional football leagues do we have right now? Mm-hmm. It's soon to be three. Three. Not counting arena football. Oh, they yeah. meant teams. No, no. Professional, leagues. like, leagues. Like, it, in, in America, how many hockey leagues do we have? Oh, so many. A lot. But how many do we care about? One. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, th- there are many leagues, and yes, they're, you know, they're, they're whatever you want to call them. Professional, semi-pro, whatever. But... The, the fact that each one of these are turning into a league, it's only, it's too much. Like, I want to yeah. watch Rocket League um, professional, but because I watch League of Legends and and because I've you know gotten into a couple other things, it's like, I can't, I don't juggle it all. I can't watch all that content, but you, so I instantly just drop it. But you think it's more synonymous, so like, somebody can watch baseball and football... I would think watching Rocket League and League is more like watching baseball and football, not like watching NFL and is it AFL, AAF, A- the Amer- the uh, yeah, uh, Legions for um, Alliance for American Football, AAF, yeah, so I thought uh, it was AAF. Well, the, the, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Rocket League is a little bit closer to like uh, doing it like Riot. Like there, there is an actual psionic sponsored yeah. championship. Then there is dream hack and there, there are other tournaments, but there is the one big one that people really focus on. But again, compared to some of these other games that have had a hard time establishing what is the governing body? What is the tournament to watch? You know, and that's something that 
professional sports don't have an issue doing. It's a clear-cut season. You know who's running it. You know exactly who the teams are. There's not this flux. Any eSport can have complete, okay, outside of now league, because they have franchises, but you can have a completely different actual team that make yeah. the seasons. Like like Rocket League, people can get knocked out and replaced. And we could buy a team in Rocket League. If we had a ton of money, yes. Yeah. There could be a games of the Rocket League team. We can run up, you know, we can challenge our way in and be in, opposed to dynasties that get built and history that gets built in professional sports. And listen, a, a new sport isn't going to get invented that's going to come off baseball. And if it happens, it's going to take 50 years to do it. Right, exactly. Where this is the exact conversation we started having is, is it worth the investment for these, you know, capitalists that have all this money to support these teams that the game won't mean dick in nine months? Right. Well, it's the it's the question we had with Overwatch League. Like initially, you had to bring like ten million dollars to the table. Season two, they want you to bring forty million dollars to the table if you want a team. You know, like, like yes, some of these people that are bringing this money, they're 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 either group group investing or whatever. And but again, like that type of money into a game that uh, that. Overwatch might be a bad example because it has a lot of support. But when we look at some of these games, twelve months down the road. You have no idea because all it takes, like you said, someone's not going to start a new sport tomorrow and it's just going to explode and, and beat baseball. But someone can develop a video game, launch it, and it change everything because it was called Fortnite and it did it. And and so, here, but here's the thing about Fortnite: the heart of Fortnite is based off an overplay genre as it is. It's a shooter. Yeah, okay, Battle Royale's a different spin that they didn't even do first, but it's still a shooter. And that's why, okay, you know, the MOBA scene is a much smaller scene. There's there's knockoffs, there's there's just a couple games that are successful in that space. Shooters, there there's already a ton of games that are successful in this space. I know we keep coming back to Rocket League because it's the esport that I follow the most, but that's a unique game. That's the reason it's thrived now for five years. Right, but shooters, so example is and we talked about this is that let's just say next uh let's just say E3 when when Xbox comes up and says here's the new Xboxes and at launch here's Halo Infinite. Okay, because that's what's going to happen. You're going to get the new Halo in 2020 with the Xbox, and it's going to have a Battle Royale mode, something it never had before. And instantly, a shooter that's been pretty much, let's be honest, dead, okay? Yes, there's a professional scene, but even the professionals left it. Okay, that's where Ninja was, left it to go play Fortnite and actually try just to become a streamer instead of being a professional gamer. And now, instantly, Halo's going to become at least you're going to pay attention to it for a short period. And if it is successful, it could dethrone everyone. And then it's like, all right, well, then who's next? Who's going to dethrone Halo? We never think about who's going to dethrone the MLB. You know, like that doesn't, that's never a thought that comes in my head of like, who's going to dethrone the league. But we do have that here where all of a sudden it's like, oh, here comes a new league. Oh, who's going to jump ship and go to this game? Me. And, you know, that's for, for again, for us as gamers, I'm, I love Apex. I'm playing it more than I ever played Fortnite. But, I, like, again, I, I can't understand how anyone would even sit there and say, yeah, we're going to build a professional esports team for Apex Legends. Doesn't make any sense. So, I don't know. I'd love to hear what people, um, what people think about this in the Discord. So go to gameslowmedia.com. 
Click that, around the homepage, you can join the Discord. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. Let's jump into the gaming general channel. And I don't know, what do you think? Or or, or jump into the esports channel. What do you think about this? It, it, yeah, it, is, if we're going to, you know, actually see esports grow and mature and actually become a stable platform... I just don't know how you're going to do it without without some more organization. So, And if you've reached it this far, and you're realizing that maybe current gaming news isn't your thing, I suggest you check out the Legend of Retro podcast, where they talk about all things retro gaming. They're going to teach you something you don't know about your favorite retro games. And don't just listen to the current the current show, scroll back, find those one those game titles that you really, really want to learn more about, and give them a listen. The show's evergreen. You can listen to it whenever you want. All right. So, we all love a good adventure. You might like dragons. You might like swords. You might like spells and things like that. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to like, except for, I'm telling you, like, the Noobs and Dragons podcast. We're grim with uh, playing the character Jandar. Goes on adventure with Tilly as well as Alistair, and uh, they're they're on an adventure. They are learning to play Dungeons and Dragons together, and the dungeon master Craig WK takes them through uh, this torturous campaign. So uh, there's over 50 episodes. Am I right on that? You guys have been doing it for over a year now. We're all yeah, over 65. Yeah. So yeah. well over a year's worth of episodes. Go back, start at episode one. It is an episodic adventure. You want to start at one and and go on the journey with them. It's a it's a great listen. And uh, it's Noobs and Dragons, available here at GameZillaMedia.com. When you get all your gaming content absorbed already, you're done with GameZilla, Legend of Retro, and Noobs, and you want more, and maybe you want to learn some more stuff about movies, the Last Action Podcast is where you want to go. You can listen to LPJ and the Sphinx talk about all sorts of action movies, uh, learn things about these movies that you never knew, uh, and, and and just have some fun. Flash back into some of your favorites, fast forward into some of the new releases, but really get to cover all the action movie podcast, uh, or sorry, the action movies that are out there. And then if you want even some more, then you have Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. This is a unique short format where you're going to listen to a shorter podcast, and it's really them watching movies so you don't have to type deal, or maybe by listening to them, you want to go out and watch this movie. So you're not going to get everything from that movie, but you're going to get the highlights that are either going to tell you, I need to skip this because it's going to piss me off, or, man, this is right up my alley. I have to check this out. Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Releasing on Sundays, we have the Noiseland Arcade Podcast. It is a comprehensive cover of every single episode of The Simpsons. So they start at one. They're working their way through season one right now. And uh, they, they give you some synopsis. They hit on some highlights of the episode. Uh, so then one of my favorite things that they do is they hit on different like cultural aspects of things that uh, were happening at the time that maybe wouldn't fly now when it comes to comedy. It's Noiseland Arcade Simpsons podcast hosted by Craig WK here on the GameZilla Media Network. All these shows are available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Please take a listen and hit that subscribe button. All right, let's get into our Zilla update. Time for the Zilla update. Ah, 
That was a prolonged one. I just wanted to. This is a breath of fresh air. I just wanted to prep myself. I am not going to go today because I talked about what I really wanted to talk about with Anthem. It was a lot of fun. I think you should check it out. If you want, if you're looking for, pe- if you already have it, and you're looking for people to play. I'm on the Xbox. Grimlock the Dino. For now. For Soon now. Soon to be Grim the Dino. Thanks to a Cash App donation from unknown donator. Unknown donator. Real handsome though. Yeah, super handsome. All right, so um, we're gonna send it right off to test. So I took a break on Saturday from my sixty plus hours that I've put into Assassin's Creed Dear Origins. Lord, I, it's, it's, it said it was gonna take me like twenty five hours to beat it, and I have it. So um, <laughs> we knew this. We knew it. We knew this was gonna happen. It's so bad. So um, I was hit up by you know friend of the show, friend of test. Sci-Fi AJ, Baxi Baby, he's like, want to play some Smash Brothers tonight. So I'll get some reps in. Let me wait till Facebook.com slash Grim the Dino goes live for his celebration of his Facebook partnership stream. Oh, I once, didn't talk about that. Once that go, I just want to throw it in there because you Thank missed you. it and you lost all opportunity to talk about it because it's, it's over now. So um, let's go live. Or as soon as he goes live, I'm going to cut the story content. We'll go right to uh, we'll go right to Smash Brothers. We're playing, and we're about an hour in, and I realize, because I just play random, right? He's getting some reps in with Jigglypuff, some reps in with Bowser. I'm playing random. And I'm like, okay, it's midnight now. We've been playing for three hours. I'm like, what? But I realized I hadn't gotten another the same character twice yet in random. So I'm like, what we're going to do is we're going to play until you get a dub, or I get this, a same character twice, right? That's going to be the qualifier. Well... For a while there, I was thinking it was programmed at such that you won't get doubles because it took me 67 characters wow. oh my to get a double. And at that point, it's wild because it's clearly not programmed that you don't get a double because I didn't go through the whole roster. There's six characters I didn't, I think there was six, six characters that I didn't play as when it doubled up. And I'm like, okay, I, I guess we were just real lucky or real unlucky because we ended up not stopped playing till about 2.30 in the morning. And uh, yeah, I eventually doubled up on Shulk, which wasn't an early, you know, maybe that was character 40 and then it repeated itself. But man, every time I'm smashing to get through the loading screen or to get through like, yes, I'm ready. Yes, go. Yes, go. And then I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, oh, God, I forgot about Martha. I guess I'm Martha. Oh, God, Bowser Jr. And it was just a constant vicious cycle of me like waiting for for a, a duplicate to show up. But we were kind of like. But what if it doesn't? You know, can we get through the whole roster? And but it was a good time. Way too much Smash Brothers. But I mean, I set myself up for it. I gave myself the exit conditions, and I just <laughs> didn't. And I just didn't hit him. Man, you better. But you better watch out. He's gonna rest on you with that that Jigglypuff. He got me with an air rest that. Oh, I, uh, Five Mile Rick was in the Discord at the time when I did it. I had the longest like. Pfft, exhale when I got hit with the sleeping rest because I was so under under happy about it that uh not unhappy because i was happy that he hit it i was under happy about it i'm like man look that didn't out of nowhere i had a plan to do and all of a sudden i go flying off the stage hit that button now dead before you start i want to give you an opportunity for your gaming moment of the week to be happening right now would you like this opportunity to happen live on this show? I'm intrigued by pro- your proposal, so I'm gonna say yes. Fantastic! I have a box right I'm here. Gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, tell me what's in the box. What's in the box? It, so there's something in this box. It's a gift from me and a fan of the show. I'll let you know who once you open it. Don't shake it. I don't want you to hurt it. Okay. Okay. So shake it super hard. I'm curious to find out if this ties into what my gaming moment of the week was going to be. 
shake it super I hard. I don't know. I don't think you have any idea about this, so we'll oh. see. There's a whole story behind it, but let's just go ahead and shake it super hard. Oh, <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. It's a King Ooh. K. Rule amiibo. That's right, and you can thank Fox McCloud server. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, so super cool. This kind of worked out perfectly. We had this pre-ordered for you. I'd say four months ago. Like whenever, oh, they, whenever, like they first announced these, we pre-ordered it. I went to go pick it up, and they were like, "Oh, we canceled your pre-order. They never came in." And I'm like, "Was that GameStop? Uh, no, it sounds like GameStop. No, it wasn't GameStop." And so I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll just reorder it." Couldn't find it. Like everyone had every Ooh. so. Long story short, we they restocked and we put the order in and it showed up today. So I was like, perfect. I'm gonna just give it to him on the show. Nice. But there you go. Um, little gift from from the community. Man, for just a second, I thought there was something else going on that it was, it was somebody else that I'm working with. And I'm like, man, did someone go behind my back and do something? But we can just wake that one out for the future. <laughs> man, I got real heated for just a what? second. Well, thanks a lot to Grim and uh, our boy Fox McCloud server for making this uh, this King K rule happen. We know that's my main slash. We know I'm a, I'm a Donkey Kong nut. So. That veiny eye. Dude. I know. Veiny yeah, eye I like the eye a lot. He's, yeah. he's got the the point man. going on with the eye bulging. I'm into it. I'm gonna buy an amiibos again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what did we do? So, I my gaming moment of the week. This wasn't it? This Well, my, my other gaming moment of the week. <laughs> oh, you, get you, saved, you get, get saved. You get two? Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm taking two because I had a, I had a story I wasn't going to share briefly. Um, I don't typically make frivolous purchases or throw I'm money excited. around. I'm excited. What's that for? What's that for? Uh, last, it's been an entire week since after the recording last week, Grim was trying to just oh. peddle some unwanted video games here in the studio. <laughs> He's like, Dad, you want this? It's bad. You want this? It's bad. You want this? $3. You want this? You want that? And then I find out He's trying. He's trying to sell maybe the worst video game he owns. <laughs> he was gonna sell. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, the worst video game he owns. He was gonna sell his copy of VIP on the the PlayStation. PS One. The the Pamela Anderson. <laughs> It just it's just all QuickTime events. It, but by QuickTime events, it's like an FMV game that you just press like square or circle or whatever on screen will prompt it. It's awful. We played it a long time ago and just Unplayable. had a good laugh about it. It's terrible. <laughs> and Grim's like, it's in his bin of stuff he's going to sell. And I'm like, you can't sell VIP. To be fair, it was in a bin of stuff I tried to sell. <laughs> and it's still here. You try to sell it at least on three occasions, yeah, too. Probably. And I see that it's labeled for three dollars i was like grim what if i pay you three dollars to keep it <laughs> it's like i guess so man <laughs> so i pull out my I never phone thought he'd do it i never thought he'd do it and i cash app him three bucks <laughs> so now he cannot sell this game no it's locked into the game collection now it's if back in the game room you sell off all your video games one It'll day you one. have you have to keep vip because <laughs> i paid you to keep it <laughs> That's fair. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was a frivolous use of my funds, but... Never would I... I never thought he would do it. I've already gotten a great deal of happiness knowing that I've locked you into having to own this game. <laughs> is, this a, is this a new thing? I feel like I'm going to have to pay you back for this. <laughs> but I don't sell things. I like, know, I'm, but I'm, I can get you some games that you don't want on your shelf. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I know oh, things you don't like. Oh, man. 
Yours are different though. It's like I'll just go out and buy every Call of Duty that's like a dollar because you know how they're worth nothing. Yeah. I'll go spend ten bucks and buy you ten copies of different Call of Duty games and be like, "Cool, man. Now you got to keep these on your shelf." Dude, as long as they're on the Wii, I'll gladly accept them. <laughs> All the old Give 2K my- games. Oh, the WWE 2K games. Those are dirt cheap. You're Except right. Except for 19 because it's super fun and playable. Yeah, no, we wouldn't give them 19. <laughs> yeah, don't give me anything yeah. playable. We'll just give them 10 copies of 18. Yeah, yeah. The same game. Yeah, on the Switch. On the Switch only, though, yeah. We buy it digitally so we can never <laughs> actually get rid of it. So you're going to grab my Switch. <laughs> Yeah. And you're you're gonna use my credit card <laughs> yeah. tied to my account and to buy the game. There'll be ten, and I don't even. This probably isn't even possible, but there'll be ten icons of the game, and you can't get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But f- but for real, that was that was a good moment. Absolutely. I, I laughed. I laughed, and as I put it back on my shelf, I was sad a little bit, but. But it, now I look at it and it's a it's a fun memory. But Juno James was like, "How are you about to sell VIP?" You're like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> Listen, she was not I made, happy her, about I made it. her a deal. I I was gonna sell VIP, but I couldn't touch Apocalypse Now, PlayStation One, Bruce Willis movie, another terrible video game that she bought. I wasn't allowed to sell it, so I was like, "Fine, I'm selling VIP." That was a deal we made. She just forgot about it, but it doesn't matter anymore. Now I'm stuck. You're lucky, but you got rid of Pause of Fury, whatever that game was. You bought it. I know. For so like two bucks. Or it was so much fun. We played it all day Sunday. We did played it all. Yeah, no, all I haven't even Sunday. plugged it in. Yeah. It's on my shelf. We plugged it. We played it all day Sunday. Good, it good. was a lot of fun. So that was my gaming moment of the week. Uh, you guys want to rattle off one quick email. We had a few submissions this week, but time-wise, it looks like we have time to answer one sure. email. So We save those other ones for another week. Boom. The FBI has just sent a letter to Bezos. All right, you can send in your emails, info at GameZillaMedia.com. That's the email address where you can send them in, and uh, they might get right here on the show. We covered a lot of news this week, so sometimes I'll rattle off a couple emails, but this week we're just going to do one. So uh, real quick thanks to uh, Baxi Baby and Sean Flack for sending in emails. We'll try to get you guys in next week if possible, but we wanted to get to Button Masher Caleb's email because it's a little more time sensitive. Really? You're reading the emails that are already going to take five minutes? No, no, he, and he kept it short this week, which I appreciate. Wow. Good job, BMC. So we appreciate our, you. Our boy BMC is going on a much-needed vacation. No kids, just him and the wife. Ooh. And because he's living the frugal life, which I could respect until last week when I started throwing around $3 bills <laughs> like, like I'm Scrooge McDuck, he is excited because because he's living the frugal life. He's going to have some layovers on his his vacation here, which means switch time. And so he wants to know. He said, I could get back into Breath of the Wild, but are there any cheap Switch games that are a must-try? He says, no roguelike pleases. No roguelikes, please. Thanks again, and game on. So do you guys have any... Should he just play Breath of the Wild, which would eat up his battery pretty big time, or can you guys think of any uh, any games on Switch? I can think of one. It's on sale now, so I have to recommend it. Uh, Skyforce Reloaded. It's on sale for like 7 bucks. It's a top-down uh, bullet hell shooter. Uh, it's super fun if you never played a Sky Force game. I know Grim and I recently co-op Sky Force Anniversary on our lunch breaks, just split Joy-Con, having a great time with it. It's $5.99. I'm actually gonna probably buy it tonight when I get home after the show. It's a, it's a must-play, and it's a, it'll be a great time killer in the in the airport. 
uh, Wargroove is the game I'm going to recommend. It's it's a little bit more a little bit more intense as far as strategy and using some brain power, but there is an absolute metric ton of content in there, plus forever expandability with people making their own maps and making their own uh, campaign missions and things like that. It is a little steep because it's 20 bucks, so I, I don't know if that's not in the BMC cheap house, but BMC, if you buy Wargroove and I get that pick that you bought it, I cash up you five. Ooh, Ooh. nice play. Uh, my recommendation goes way back, actually. I uh, I know that he has not played this game, and it's $9.99. It's a game that I feel like you could definitely play with layovers and maybe even complete it. And that is Blaster Master Zero, a very fun game that I think someone that has enjoyed Shovel Knight, that has enjoyed platformers, might really like this interesting uh, take on, on that genre. But um, it, I don't believe he's somebody that's even played the original. Blaster Master Zero, $9.99. I think you'd really enjoy it. It was the first game you beat on the Switch, right? It was. You beat it at PAX. I did, PAX East. There you go. All right, well, that's an email for the week. If you have any cheap Switch games that you want to recommend to our friend BMZ, get in the Discord, get in the Nintendo chat, and tag BMC. And we all love talking about cheap games. Also, we have a deals channel. You want to find out about different gaming deals, you see something, uh, maybe a cheap TV, if uh, you know you know your friend Testonomics looking for a 4K TV, you find one on the cheap, you drop it in the deals channel. There's a, there's a, a sale going on on, let's say, PlayStation Plus year subscriptions, throw that link in the deals channel. We're always sharing deals, trying to help some gamers save some money, and that's a channel in the GameZilla Media Discord. All right, as a reminder, this podcast was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreon.com slash Media to see everything we have to offer. And please don't forget about YouTube. Okay, we have a YouTube channel. We're not big enough for to have a, a custom URL, as Tess reminded me last week, but youtube.com search Media, You will find us. You will see things like Craig WK's long plays, you see podcast highlights, new podcast highlights coming soon, and uh, and other great content right there on the channel. So please, go hit that subscribe button and help us grow our new YouTube channel. But if you're more into live content, then join the Discord. You'll be able to see every streamer across Facebook, across Twitch, and on Mixer as they go live. So you can always have something to watch, a variety of different streamers from long plays of RPGs to League of Legends, lots of Anthem, Apex Legends, and whatever the hell I've gotten into for the week. Um, just jump on over to the Discord and see all of our streamers. And that's it. Neat. That's it. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in to episode 248 of the GameZilla podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, stay on. I miss Reggie already.